Welcome to the Elm City Church Podcast. Elm City Church is a community of people who are trying to practice the way of Jesus together. No matter where you're at, these messages are meant to equip and strengthen you for the journey. You can find out more by visiting elmcitychurch.com. Thanks for listening. Well, good evening, everyone. My name is Justin. For those of you who don't uh, know me or I haven't gotten a chance to meet, um, I'm one of the pastors here at Elm City, and it's a, it's a joy and an honor to be with you in this way tonight, to be able to share uh, from God's Word a little bit about uh, Jesus uh, in this season. I'm excited about Christmas, and I love, I love Christmas. This is a great time of year, and we've had a lot of fun as a family this year celebrating the different traditions that we have and setting up a Christmas tree and putting lights outside and um, I'm just curious, though, how many of you in the house tonight, and maybe watching online right now, how many of you would consider yourself a planner, a natural planner? Just slip a hand up wherever you are. You like to plan things, right? Okay, so if you, like, if you got all your Christmas shopping done by the end of this past summer, uh, you are officially a planner, um, and if you haven't started your Christmas shopping yet, uh, not only are you not a planner, but you're also in big trouble, and you perhaps should not even be here right now. Um, I might just give you a moment to slip out quietly and excuse you, uh, but uh, you know, my wife, she did a really good job uh, planning this year with Christmas. We were talking about it the other day as we were driving back home and, and just uh, talking about how, you know, typically I'm like a decent planner. But like, if I had been in charge this year, it would have been like an absolute train wreck. Not gonna lie. Um, It would have been a disaster. But here's the thing. Whether you're a planner or you're not, it seems to be universally true that whenever life uh, goes in a different direction than we plan for, I think it has the ability to really derail us, right? Would you agree? When something happens that's not in your plan, uh, it has the ability to sort of take you out. And I think it's safe to say that none of us planned on a year like 2020. Uh, I like to call this the plague year. Uh, The plague year of the coronavirus and the varying effects that it has had on our lives. Um, This past year has been quite a year, like no other. Um, I have had the opportunity to sit across uh, and talk with struggling business owners I've had the opportunity to literally sit across the table with people who have had their lives turned completely upside down. Just last week, we learned that someone in our previous church in Pennsylvania actually died from complications due to COVID, and he left behind a wife and two children. There are others of us who could say, you know, I didn't plan on having to look for a job right now. Or I didn't plan on having a medical battle at this point in my life. I didn't plan on being alone this Christmas. I didn't plan on battling depression. I didn't plan on losing a baby. Whenever we face things that we didn't plan for, it can shake us to the core. And it can cause us to ask some really hard questions. Questions like, Where are you, God? Why are you allowing this to happen to me? I didn't plan on this. This was not in the plan. Tonight I want to talk about Jesus' parents, and then I want to give you guys a big takeaway thought. Sound like a plan to you? 
See what I did? <laughs> Just making sure you're on your toes. I know it's a little early here, but... Um, so if you're not real familiar with the Bible, uh, you know, I want to encourage you, and maybe you're watching right now online, and I just want to encourage you, you know, take, take some time to get a little bit more familiar with the Bible, especially in this season. It might be a really good idea for you to just simply read about the birth of Jesus. Uh, maybe it's been a while, or maybe it's never happened. Um, but you can find that story, that, that wonderful story that we are celebrating right now as a church a community, you can find that in the Gospel of Matthew, chapter 1, or in the book of Luke, chapters 1 and 2. And uh, if you're actually, if you're here in person tonight and you don't have a Bible, um, I want to make sure you get one before you leave tonight. So make sure to come and see me afterwards if that's you. If you don't have a Bible, we'd love to give you one as a gift. Everyone should have a Bible. Everyone should have access. All right, I want to look at some scripture with you. Matthew chapter 1 is going to sort of highlight a little bit of where we're heading. Uh, Matthew chapter 1, verse 18 through 21, if you want to flip there on your phone or if you want to just follow along on the screen. Matthew chapter 1, verse 18 through 21 says, Now the birth of Jesus Christ took place in this way. When his mother Mary had been betrothed to Joseph, before they came together, she was found to be with child from the Holy Spirit. And her husband Joseph, being a just man and unwilling to put her to shame, resolved to divorce her quietly. But as he considered these things, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream, saying, Joseph, son of David, do not fear to take Mary as your wife, for that which is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will bear a son, and you shall call his name Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. I want you to imagine with me for a minute what is going on in this story. Mary was just a normal Jewish girl living in a nothing town called Nazareth in the northern part of Israel. She was probably 14 to 15 years old, and as was normal in that society, she was engaged to be married. But before she and Joseph were intimate, she became pregnant. Now today, that might prompt maybe a little bit of uh, gossip, but in that time, this would have been hugely scandalous. They took marriage very seriously in Israel, so seriously that adultery could get uh, someone stoned to death. And that's what Mary faced. Not just dirty looks and cutting comments from other women, but a, life, a lifetime of struggle and shame. She's going to be a divorced single mom in a culture where she can't get any sort of real job to support herself. She is literally looking at a future of begging on the streets just to survive. Funny, they don't seem to mention that in any of the cute nativity stories. <laughs> but that's what's going on here. That's what's happening. And then there's Joseph. Joseph. A bomb has just been dropped that will forever alter the course of this young man's life. Can you imagine receiving this news? Hey, Joseph, just want to let you know I'm pregnant. And it happened by the Holy Spirit. Uh, just imagine for a minute what uh, that might have sounded like to you. Now, clearly, we do not have all the details here, 
Um, but we, what we do have is this sort of devastating news. And what I find humorous is that it's sandwiched between two verses. If you read the story, it's, it just very quickly moves on. It's like, whoa, whoa, whoa wait a minute. <laughs> um, we can read between the lines here what's going on. We can assume that everything just hit the fan. That's a, probably a polite way to say it. Something has changed and altered the course of their story forever at this point. Joseph is about to move through the stages of grief. He's shocked. He's confused. He then becomes furious. Now the reality is really starting to sink in. He's crushed. He's about to be publicly humiliated. But worse than that humiliation is the fact that Joseph, Joseph loved Mary. He trusted Mary. He told Mary things that he had never told anyone before. He had saved himself for her. So what happened? Because this was not part of the plan. So I want to give you a big thought uh, that I want you to, if you're, if you're taking notes or listening along, um, but I hope you'll write this down, or at least, at the very least, I hope that you'll, you'll plant this important truth in your heart, and it is this. You don't have to understand the plan in order to trust that God has a purpose. I'm gonna say that again because I think it's worth repeating. You don't have to understand the plan in order to trust that God has a purpose. Proverbs 19 verse 21 says, many are the plans in the mind of a man, but it is the purpose of the Lord that will stand. See, Mary and Joseph had lots of plans. I bet you Joseph put down a hefty deposit on that Garden Chapel Inn, ladies. I bet it was really nice. I bet their wedding invitations went out already. I bet you that they dreamed about their future together. Their plans got shattered. But I want you to notice something with me. I want you to focus your attention for a second back to Matthew chapter one and and look with me at verse 22. I think this is key. It says, all this took place to fulfill what the Lord had spoken by the prophet. Behold, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which means God with us. You see what's going on here, right? It was all part of the plan. It had to happen this way because it was the divine purposes of the Lord. You know, when I look back over the last uh, 10 years specifically of my life, I can see God's purposes in some major change of plans. The very fact that I'm standing here tonight in this moment and sharing with you is in part a reflection of a time when life didn't go exactly according to my plan and when God had a different purpose for my path. And now, uh, on the other side of that sort of chapter, I can say that I'm glad that God interrupted my plan in order to bring about a different purpose. Danielle often says of this hard time that we faced, I'd never choose it, and I'd never want to go through it again, but I can see how God used it. 
And that's so true. You don't have to understand the plan in order to trust that God has a purpose. This would have been so true of Mary and Joseph, you know. Thinking about this for a minute, it, 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 when you reflect upon it, it's like, okay, well, now Joseph's on board, right? We got, you know, that's all taken care of. We know we're going to have a baby. It's going to be the son of God. Mary's pregnant with Jesus. So they're probably thinking to themselves, all right, we're clear. We're, it's going to be smooth sailing from here. This is going to be great. Uh, it's going to be like a heavenly epidural, uh, no pain, totally free, right? Wrong. Ladies, Mary starts having contractions on the back of a donkey. Think about that. On a donkey. They show up in Bethlehem after miles and miles of journeying, only to find out exhausted that Joseph didn't make reservations at the Holiday Inn. Okay? So she's getting ready to have a baby They don't have any place to go. Oh, yes, they do. The place that they're going to go is Mary's dream location for having a child, a cave next to some some farm animals. Now she's got a baby, and we're we're all going to live happily ever after, right? We've got the Son of God with us. Wrong. She finds out that King Herod wants to kill her son. Imagine being the parents of this, of this son and the ruler of the land wants to kill your kid. So now you go on the run. You're on the run. Fast forward 33 years later, Mary, the girl who told God that she would do whatever he asked her is now a 50-year-old woman who is standing and staring at her son, her son who is stripped down naked hanging on a cross, only supported by spikes through his wrists and through his heels. His back is so cut open by being whipped over and over that it's like some of his vital organs are exposed. And the only way that he can breathe is to push up as the spikes drive through his feet and pull up on his hands just so that he can get a breath. And on his head, a crown of thorns his face so bruised and bloody that he doesn't even look like a human being anymore. And Mary, the mother who said yes to God, looks on. And it's not recorded. We don't have this in scripture, but you know she's thinking it. God, this isn't fair. He didn't do anything wrong. He did everything right. We did everything that you asked us to do. Please make it stop. And then Jesus breathes one last breath and says, Father, into your hands, I commit my spirit. Can you just picture the weight of Mary's overwhelming grief as she falls to the ground, wailing and sobbing as her one son takes his last breath? See, these are real people. I think sometimes it's really easy to get detached from the story, but these are real people. This is real agony. This wasn't part of the plan. But it was, because it was part of God's plan. See, Mary and Joseph had their plan, but God had his purpose. And what was that purpose? Well, the purpose was you. The purpose was you. 
You know, I grew up hearing this phrase or this little mantra at, at this time of year that Jesus is the reason for the season. And I love it, you know? I think it's cute, catchy. And, uh, but the more I think about it, the more I begin to realize that maybe a more accurate way to understand what's going on is to say that the reason for the season, the reason that's in God's heart for sending Jesus in the first place in this season is for you and for me. This was the reason that Jesus came. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son. For God so loved you that he became one of us. You know, tonight on this Christmas Eve, I don't know how you imagine God. I don't even know if you imagine God at all. Uh, Maybe some old guy sitting up there in the sky. Maybe some amazingly powerful force that you Uh, quite frankly, you know, has more interesting things to do than to care about our little lives. Maybe some distant being who really has no idea what life is actually like here on planet Earth. But here's the God of the Bible. He's a God who gets involved. He's a God who turns lives upside down, who doesn't act as we might expect him to act. He's a God who came and lived on this earth as a human. That's the big shock. Not that a teenage girl gets pregnant. Or that the father wasn't her boyfriend. Not that a young guy decided to stick by his girl even though he wasn't the father. No, the shock is that this baby will be called the son of God. Listen, if you're one of those people tonight that has had major change of plans, and right now for you, potentially it's very difficult. And I'm not gonna tell you for a minute that your pain isn't real because sometimes life just hurts. Sometimes there's just, you just, you have to go through it. You have to walk through the confusion of it. And you have to to walk through the hurt of it. Sometimes there's no way around that. You just have to go through it. What I want to tell you is that because of the goodness of God, because of God's sovereignty, because of his power, because of who he is, that you don't have to understand the plan in order to trust that God has a purpose. Mary and Joseph had their plans, but God had his purpose, and that was to send Jesus to rescue you and to rescue me. And what's on offer tonight is the same extended invitation. It's amazing when you think about what God, knowing what would happen and how he would work out his plan in and throughout history. It's amazing when you think about what he knew was gonna happen. It's, it's, it's like we, we do this all the time. It's like, well, that wasn't part of the plan, but God knows what's going on. That's why scripture is very clear when it says his ways are higher than our ways. Why do we pretend to always think that we're gonna have the answer for the why? We're, sometimes we're never gonna have that. In, in a lot of cases, we're never going to have the answer why. That's not the point. The why might be important to us, It's not always necessarily important to God. 
We can have plans and God can have a bigger purpose. And I think the quicker that we get that into our hearts and into our minds and in our lives, the easier it's going to be, not necessarily that we won't deal with the pain, but the easier it's gonna be for us to understand the nature and the character of God, that he does things differently than you and I do. His ways are better than our ways. We lay plans, but the plans of God are steadfast forever. We have our plans, God has his purpose. And you know what this just really does? It drives us back to our need for a savior. Because life sometimes gets really hard. In a room like this right now, I know that some of you in here, and just because I know some of your stories, and I'm looking out, and some of you I don't know, and some of you I don't know your stories, and those who are watching online, maybe you're going through something right now that you just, you have no end in sight. You don't know what's gonna happen. Maybe it's related to this craziness of of this year. Maybe it was before that. God has a plan that's bigger than what you can see and maybe even experience at this point. And what I'm gonna do tonight is I'm gonna call you, maybe for the first time, and I'm gonna call some of you here back to another level of trust in God's plan for you because it's the best plan. It might not be the easiest plan, but it's the best one. So what I'm going to do is I'm just going to, I'm going to pray a simple prayer. And uh, I want to just invite you, you know, if, if, if you tonight are in that place, maybe that you're really struggling right now and you really can't see what's going to happen down the road. It's maybe it's day to day or touch and go. I just want to invite you to, again, trust that God has it in control and that he can be trusted. He's a good God. And he's not gonna let you down. He's not gonna leave you or forsake you. He's gonna walk through the fire with you. He did that for Mary and Joseph. It's not like he left. They went through hard things. But he didn't go anywhere. He was there the whole time. And he wants to walk with you as well. So why don't you pray with me real quick? Jesus, we we just wanna thank you tonight because if it were up to us, things might look completely different. But you had a plan that never even took into account all that you or all that we thought you would do in providing a way back to a right relationship with God the Father. And you in perfect harmony and relationship with your Father worked together to come up with this rescue plan to save sinners. Thank you, Lord. Thank you for this opportunity that you give to each one of us. And I pray tonight that if we're struggling to to believe that you have it in control, I pray that we would look at your parents and just know that if you had it in control for Jesus's mom and dad, you have it in control for us. I wanna invite Uh, anyone who's listening tonight, here's my words, wherever you are, to again put your place of faith and trust in the Lord. I wanna just invite you to take that step right now with me in your heart and in your mind and just say yes again to God tonight. Maybe it's been a long time. Maybe it's been one of those hard years where you, you know, just a relationship with God is just another thing. It's another piece to work at or, or to do. Listen, you don't have to earn anything in this relationship with God. He just wants to be with you. I pray that we would take that next step of faith tonight. 
And for those of us who may have never taken a step towards Jesus, you don't actually know this story. You've never heard these things. I want to invite you just wherever you are right now to just pray this prayer with me. It's a simple prayer. There's nothing magical about it, but I just want to lead you in a prayer. Uh, If you would like to give your heart and your life to the Lord tonight, you want to learn more about who Jesus is, just pray this with me. Lord, I come before you right now, not fully knowing what this is all about, but provoked in my heart. Help me to know more about who you are. I invite you into my life right now. If you prayed that prayer tonight, um, I'm super excited for you. If it's the first time you've ever done anything like that, we want to know about it. Um, So I would say get in touch with us. Maybe drop a a comment in the stream or uh, send an email to hello at Elm City Church. We would love nothing more than to connect you to life-giving community that's sort of centered around the idea of following Jesus. And for those of you who, who might you know, be struggling in your own walk and you've taken that next step of trust tonight with the Lord, uh, we also want to know about that. We want to pray with you. We want to understand what's going on in your life and come beside you as leaders, pastors, and friends. Um, so I just want to invite you now to stand with us. We're going to transition into some more singing. And um, I just want to encourage you to take that next step in your heart as we sing these songs. And a lot of these songs are songs of celebration about the season that we're in. I want you to remember the reason for the season is Jesus, of course, but Jesus' purpose in coming was for you. That's a pretty big deal. That's pretty good news. There's a way to have a right relationship with Jesus.